What I do is inconsequential. Why I do what I do is I get to shorten people's journeys every day. What I love about our hospitality industry is that it's our mission to make people feel cared for while on their journeys. Together, we'll explore what hospitality means in the built environment, in business, and in our daily lives. I'm Dan Ryan, and this is Defining Hospitality. Today's guest has been quoted in CNBC and the Washington Post. She's a noted speaker and organizer of our amazing industry events. She's a well-respected, talented editor and writer, senior vice president at Design Group at Emerald, the editor-in-chief at Hospitality Design Magazine. Ladies and gentlemen, Stacy Shoemaker-Rowan. Welcome, Stacy. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, you say thank you for having you. I really am so grateful to have you on as a guest because it's very rare that I get to interview the interviewers. Yeah. And uh, I know that we've started in this industry at the same time. We've really come up through it and seen it grow and evolve over the years. But I'm also just so grateful to have you as a friend. But also, I really see you as like a huge part of the glue that makes this whole industry go. So I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you. It means a lot. And I love having you as a friend and being in the the depths of all this for the last, do, do I dare say, 20 years together. So it, it, yes, it, it's two decades. It's crazy, right? Where did the time go? Um, it just keeps going and going and going, doesn't it? We're getting so old. exactly. Well, we're, we're getting better, more experience. Okay. And more comfortable. I know. I did have like a one of those time hops on Facebook pop up, and it was me and Jason Goldberg at an event. And I was like, "What color is my hair? What am I wearing?" It's just like, "What are we doing?" So I definitely think you. It was like 13 years ago. I was like, "I definitely maybe maybe just a little bit better <laughs> than what it was." So anyway, I think we're all getting better and better and more experience. And then we just like what I, what I admire so much about you Stace is from the platform that you've helped create and that you're continuing to grow, even through everything that we've been through, I feel that you're always showcasing the new people. You're always trying to shorten the new, the newcomers and the talented newcomers journeys and introduce so many different people and giving them a voice. And you have such a amazing platform and you're, you're very, um, judicious about giving everyone a voice. And I just think it's when I started, that was what I was brought on to do. So Michael Adams, who was my predecessor and my mentor and my everything. Um, he, when I was hired 20 years ago, almost, I guess, uh, almost 19 years ago. Um, he said, we know the veterans in the industry, but we don't know the next wave of talent. He's like, go out and meet them, find them, figure out who they are. And so that was my task was to find that next generation. And the cool thing through being able to find the newcomers and bring start that passion, right? To find uh, the unknown talent and bring them to the pages of the magazine. Was I also to do that, I had to call some of the veterans, right? And I had asked them about, you know, who they're watching or who left their firm or, you know, where would you go find, you know, anyone you're any talent that you've seen out there. Um, and so I got to learn from the veterans and find the next talent. And so that's, I think, been the joy, you know, one of the biggest joys of 
my career is all the different people that I've been able to meet and write about and listen to. And I mean, that's why I love that you have a podcast, but that's why we started a podcast at HD because we do these interviews and then you put them on paper, which is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I knew I wanted to be a writer from age five. Um, but at the same time to hear the stories, to get to do what I get to do every single day, which I find a privilege and just listening, right. And just asking and delving into, you know, what makes people tick and how they get to where they are and what they think is so might be mundane or not, um, important, you know, it's just sparks an idea or teaches somebody something little. So, um, so anyway. I got off. To- I got off topic. No, there's no that. But the beauty of this is that there's really no topic. I mean, but those little sparks that you create and that you foster and that you ignite, um, it's amazing the power, intended or otherwise, that that they have and the effect and the impact that it has everywhere. Um, and as you think about the, uh, if you step back and look at all these events, and and again going back with that glue metaphor of keeping us all together and going. Um, how do you keep everyone comfortable and heard? Or, and really, it's, this is all about hospitality. So how do you make people feel comfortable through all of this, all of these events and all of the different, all the different noise, all the different channels that you've created? How do you make people feel comfortable? I, I think it's because we at HD and I think the whole team looks at ourselves as, you know, our tagline has always been the number one connector to the industry. That's what we want to do, right? We want to be, like you said, we want to be the glue. We don't want to be the force, right? So we want to bring people together, but we don't, you know, there's no ego involved. There's no, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Agenda involved. You know, it's just, let's showcase the best of the industry. Um, and that doesn't mean one style and that doesn't mean one, um, one type of property and it doesn't mean one firm, you know, it's the, you know, the up and comers, the, like I said, the up and comers, the veterans, the everyone in between, um, you know, we try to do a bit of inspiration and education, right? So it, for us, it's, it's a constant matrix and we have um, constant lists and grids and Excel sheets of, you know, who we've covered, who we haven't covered, what's on our radar, what we need photos of. Um, you know, I encourage the team to dig into, you know, whatever they can dig into fi- to find new things. Half of our job is asking questions of what people are working on. Um, so I think what we try to do, at least through the magazine, the digital platforms, is just have conversations, right? We're here to provide, um, to provide information, to provide inspiration, almost like we always say that we talk as though it's a really informed friend, right? Like we are either like a colleague or a friend telling you about something that you should know about because that's going to help you, right? Or it might inspire you. I think at our events, um, what we do is just try to create a platform for the community, right? That like lets the community shine because I, I do believe, and I've said it a hundred million times, different ways and to different people. There's something so special about the people in the hospitality industry. Like there's, they are people like no other. Um, and just bringing them into a room, right. Putting in that setting and letting them be the color, letting them be the, um, the energy because like they have it all right. Like they are, they, that's what it is. So I think for us, it's, it's being that, um, 
engine, right, that drives it, um, but letting the people, the players, the projects be, you know, be the stars. Um, so we kind of find ourselves in the back, um, even though we're sometimes on stage presenting, but, you know, we are just the engine that hopefully, and I really do appreciate that because I think, especially over these last 18, 19, however months we're into this lovely pandemic, um, trying to figure out new ways to bring the industry together has been all that we've been focusing on. And we switched as quickly as I think we could have or pivoted, I hate that word, I won't use it anymore, but we switched as quickly as we could to, you know, digital platforms to be able to, you know, speak to people. And like, we used to do podcasts, but they would all, but we still do a podcast, but we, when we did the podcast, we would only do it in person. And then all of a sudden we started doing zoom and we're like, Oh, like this opens up a whole new world to us. Um, you know, we started doing Instagram lives and just talking to people in their living room. Like, how are you? Like, literally, how are you? Like, you know, people would be like, what are your questions? And like, I just want to know how you are. It's like, what are you doing? You know, like, let's just have a conversation. It's me and you over a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, you know, just checking in um, to. I, and I think that like brought in the human element of what this industry is and what the pandemic was doing to people. Um, and then, you know, we, we we did HD Expo when we had to cancel it in 2020 in five and a half weeks, we turned the hundred and some speakers into three days of content online, which was, remember that. um, yeah, I have to shout out to Rachel long for that because that was, almost so, but so what, one thing that, that you said that struck me is you did in person and then you did uh, virtual for podcasts. So I've only done it in this virtual zoom format. And I dream that someday I will be able to do them in person effectively. And that will be a whole different thing that I'll evolve into. But you also said, um, you've said this all the time, and I actually haven't heard you say this, but being a, a really informed friend as far as you and your team and where you are, and, and I love that. And how does that tie into how you define what hospitality is? Yeah, I think um, for me, hospitality is going back to what hospitality started as, right? Like it's a uh, Hotels used to be owned by individual people, and it was an extension of their home. It was inviting you in. You know, restaurants were run by usually, you know, again, like a family or one individual, and it was opening up their kitchen to people. So to me, the best hospitality, and obviously it has evolved and changed in, in so many ways, but I think when you go back to the true definition of what hospitality is, and that is an extension of somebody's home, that you are inviting them in to experience something that is should be different or greater than what they've experienced elsewhere. Um, and layer that in now today with something that is of the community, um, of the moment of education, of the... Um, it, of the location, right? Like I'm just bringing in everything that is great um, that you can celebrate, everything that's great around the community that you can celebrate within the walls of your space. Um, I, I to, love, yeah. I, well, I'm sorry, hearing you say to bringing others in to experience something that's different or greater than what they've experienced. And if you think about all of the shows and all the events and all the creative people that we deal with every day that are building these incredible built environments. It's all about always evolving and creating something newer and greater and different. And I, I love how you said that. Thanks. You know what you're doing, sister. <laughs> Some days. <laughs> I'll <say> that tomorrow. <laughs> Some days uh, in a quarter. 
so I know uh, obviously BDNY is uh, happening right around the corner. We, we've made it through this pandemic. Um, what's exciting you most about from where we are now going forward after you've been through and been battle tested? Yeah, I mean, we did HD Expo in August. We've done 12 events since June 3rd. So it's been it's been a ride. Um, and it's been great to be back in person. And I think the biggest challenge now for many of us is how do you go back in person and be as busy as you were during the pandemic? But anyway, that's another topic. Um, I think what I'm really excited about, what we keep talking about is how the things that COVID accelerated, right? So there are a lot of things that were happening before COVID and then COVID was just brought them all to the forefront. And the biggest thing that I think that has affected is wellness and the definition of wellness. And that can mean so many different things, um, you know, from biophilia to um, connecting with nature outside and like tented lodges and camps um, to sustainability to, um, you know, just deconnecting, de right? Like, or disconnecting, I guess the correct word as an editor. I like, I like deconnecting. <laughs> been a day. Um, and so, you know, what, um, you know, what is wellness means so many different things. So whatever that means to that person at that trip, at that moment in time, um, and you know, it, it doesn't mean just a yoga mat in the room, which it might mean to that, that traveler, like, great, I actually have a yoga mat and I don't have to put a towel down on this floor, but I think there's something much greater than that now. And it's looking at it holistically. It's looking at it from all the way from what you, you know, from the moment you enter a space to the moment you leave it. Um, and how does that affect your mind, body, and soul? Um, and I think what's been super exciting is seeing some of these brands like the well, which I'm obsessed with now, you know, it was a standalone in New York as a wellness club and now has evolved over the pandemic, um, into, you know, a, a place for all. And it's also partnering with a bearish and being rolled out in a bunch of their properties. Um, but seeing places like that, that were just a seedling of an idea before the pandemic and now are, you know, growing exponentially because what I think COVID has taught us all is how much spaces, built environments affect our health and well-being and what we can do to better that. Um, and I think if there's a silver lining, at least there's that, right? Um, and it made us change how we can get to that level of wellness, um, be it Zoom chats with friends to, you know, online workout courses to going on a bike ride with your kids and getting out of the house. I mean, there's just, those might've been just my three things, but you know what I mean? It's, um, it, it, it has just, I think that will be the one change or the one tweak for a lot of us moving forward. And I'm excited what that means for hospitality, because I think we are on the verge of it, right? Like the wellness industry is like $4.5 trillion and growing. So you know, how does that roll out? What does that mean? And how does that affect what we design? Well, what this industry designs and creates moving forward. And I think we should have a bigger purpose, right? Like we are building, we are adding, we are, you know, we are creating consumers through our buildings, right? Um, so how can we as an industry have, um, have, you know, take, not take a stance or, but, but re be responsible and think about how we're building. Um, I think also on that front, because if you really zoom out and look at, at least in North America in particular, how there's so much, so so many people are so unhealthy. And when you say that we're we're building 
um, we're creating consumers. I think we're also, we have the opportunity to inspire consumers, yep. to inspire them and show them wellness, to show them rest, to show them all of these things. And I think um, something really needs to change on that because, you know, you look at just how unhealthy it is just from diabetes, obesity, everything um, to be able to get out of your home and experience, like you said, something different or greater than what you were used to. It's a tremendous opportunity to affect change. Mm -hmm. And just before the pandemic, or not just before, but you know, in the years, like I think on the wellness side, it was really like Equinox was doing some laboratory and like built a hotel and really focusing on sleep and restoration. And I think that this is, this is really exciting. What else are you seeing coming down the pipe in the, on the wellness side of things? Um, I mean, I think Equinox is a great idea, a great example because they, you know, that's what they're about. That's what's fitness and well-being. I think Six Senses, um, Neil Jacobs, the CEO's dear, dear friend, he was our guest editor a couple of years ago. I think what they're doing and how they think about everything from your sleep. Again, they have a whole sleep proprietary sleep system and methodology to um, creating personal programs for your food to having a spa, but it's much more than a spa. It's a medical and therapeutic. And, you know, you can literally go in and say what you need and they can evaluate you. And throughout your stay, they kind of take care of you. So, you know, Miraval is being re re-looked at by Hyatt and Habitaz is doing some amazing things in, in terms of sustainable, de sustainable development um, in remote places that are all about, you know, unwinding and disconnecting. So I think there are brands out there that are doing it really, really well. Um, I think the other thing that's been fun for us to look at um, through the lens of hospitality are these new doctor healthcare offices that are popping up that are so not what a typical doctor's office is like forget the fluorescent lights and the really uncomfortable chairs and the nondescript design. And they are lovingly welcoming environments that actually think about the journey that this person is about to embark on and not. Well, I, I, have, I have to share something with you on that front because it's actually so unsettling. And this is why we're so like, from my experience, why we're so messed up, I'm, I'm in this thing. It's called one medical or something, or they got offices in Manhattan mm -hmm. and you sit there, I got my physical and I sat down with my doctor after L literally he was talking to me for like 45 minutes and I got uncomfortable. I was like, I have to go somewhere because I'm not used to people giving me that time. And it was just very unsettling. <laughs> you're like, this guy is giving you like an hour of his time. And you're like, I got to go. <laughs> well, no, because I'm used to being in there. It's like, hey, you got 20 minutes and you're out. Exactly. And but no, they're changing the idea, right? Like you're changing the, they're changing the conversation. And I think there's some great designers out there that, you know, BHDM, Eastland Studio, Aldo Lee that are really kind of um, doing these really lovely and lovely, not in a um, bad way, but like they're just, you walk in, you're like, ah, like mm -hmm. I can be here. You know, it, be it like a mental health place or a fertility clinic or, you know, or a space by Rockwell, which is acupuncture. And it just calms you. Right. It allows yeah. you to kind of take a deep breath as you walk in, which I think is also really important in terms of, you know, um, a medical experience. So. So it's it, it's interesting also at HD Summit, which was just such an incredible and welcoming and needed event. Um, in Tahoe this summer, I was sitting next to Lionel from iCrave yep. and he was telling me about the work he did at Sloan Kettering. Yeah. And it was super shocking because my, a neighbor of mine had cancer and he said he loved going there so much. 
when he was getting his treatments. And I shared that with Lionel and Lionel was like, I would love to be like overjoyed and like, wow, I haven't heard that before, but I hear that a lot. And so I'm not surprised. And I was like, wow. And he's like, and, and then I was, I was amazed that this idea of taking what we learned in hospitality and the design of hospitality and applying it more to healthcare. I don't know why we're just like at this nascent wow. early stage of it now. No. And it's amazing because Susan Healy, who's a uh, head of design at Probably got your title wrong, sorry. Um, but she heads up Sloan Gettering. You know, she actually sought out Lionel because of his hospitality experience. And we've done a QA with them. And it's super interesting to like hear their back and forth and, you know, taking lessons learned from hospitality. And I think it was like 2017 or 18, maybe 2016, we did this uh, issue called the hospitality effect. And it was, I, you know, I think after 19 years of writing about this, I think what I'm really excited about for this industry is how much, how much effect we're having on other disciplines, right? Look at workspace, look at co-working, look at, you know, what we're talking about now, healthcare, look at senior living, like, you know, senior living is looking to hospitality to make their spaces more hospitable, you know, I, and I think it's really, really interesting. And I think it's hospitality is having you know, before pandemic and hopefully post pandemic is having its moment, right? Like it's, it's become so much more than these boxes. It was, it's become so much more boxes with beds, right? It's become these living, breathing um, environments that, you know, can make memories that change people's perceptions that, you know, give somebody a, a reason to stop. And I think, um, I think that's pretty exciting, you know, to be part of something small part of something so big. It's really exciting. And I got to say, especially on the senior, senior living side, it's about time. I mean, they've been, people have been talking about the aging baby boomers for 30 or 40 years. Yeah. And really 20 years ago, there was this, everyone's like, oh, this is coming. And where you said before that COVID has accelerated this, um, a lot of different things. Uh, I think in particular, the, the blending of hospitality out into these other inspiring and impactful um, silos is just it's needed. And I'm just kind of frustrated. It's taking so long because it, there is a healing thoughtful element to everything in all these built environments that all the people you're interacting with every single day, that's like their main life mission to impact others. Right. And then, yeah. And I think that's a great way to put it is impacting others and affecting change. And I think if you start thinking about how much time we spend in buildings, right. I mean, most of us, right. That's a generalized statement. A lot of people don't live in urban centers, but you know, a lot of people still be at their house or their, you know, their office or, you know, wherever they are, spend a ton of time in buildings. And so looking at how you can create impact, but, and it's just, it can be small things, right? It's opening up windows. It's, you know, uh, bringing outside in, you know, it's changing. And the one thing too, that I was talking about to somebody too, is like bad design costs as much as good design, right? So just, figuring out how to change just little bits, you know, goes a long way, right? There's a coat of paint, there's new chairs there, you know, there's, there's ways to do small effects. And I think that's something that um, goes a long way. And, and that's really just having a, a clear vision and being able to execute on that. Like, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. um, you know, going back to what COVID accelerated as well. One of the things that I'm like super inspired by you on is, um, starting up HDAC and using your microphone and platform 
to give voice to people who may not have traditionally have had a voice. And I want to hear or tell us about like where that idea came from, how it is, and like what what the vision is for the whole group that's been assembled for the future. Uh, yes. So last year with um, the murder of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, um, I think we at HD did what everyone else or a lot of people, I hope everyone did and took a step back and looked at what we were doing and what we could do better. And, you know, I can honestly admit that we could do better and should do better. And it was never not an intent to promote diversity and DEI in the industry, but um, we could just do it better. And so um, in talking about how we could do this with the team, one of the ideas that came up was um, a, a council to bring together to um, help us figure out how we could do better and what we should be doing. Um, I mean, we did a lot of different, a lot of things first is, you know, we looked at all our editorial moving forward. We stripped it down, looked at it, you know, um, based on, you know, where they're located, what, you know, what their race was, um, men and women, and made sure that we were having a diverse representation in the pages of the magazine and how else we could continue to do that and how we could amplify black voices and other people of color. Um, and then we sat down and we're like, what else can we do? And so the council came up and one of our sister brands, um, Couture, um, which is fine jewelry and sits in the New York office with us, um, was also doing something similar. So um, taking part of their initiative, part of our initiative, we decided to launch the Hospitality Diversity Action Council. And a big word in that is action because we didn't want just a group of people, like a board, we wanted it to be a board that did things, right? And that they were like, they signed up, they raised their hand, they, they were gonna say, we're gonna help you. And so what we did is we, I called 14 amazing individuals and I said, would you come on this journey with me? All people of color, I am the only white person on the board along with um, uh, Katie and Will from HD. Um, and it's a mix of, uh, designers, of landscape architects, of owners of brands, um, on the purchasing side. Um, so it's a really unique group and, um, brought them all together on a zoom call in September and said, Hey, let's talk. What do you all want to do? And I think the, um, most amazing thing was a lot of them didn't know each other. So I think I did my, you know, it started off really um, awesome because they're all very excited to find each other and meet each other. Um, and so I think that started to show us that, you know, there are a lot of, you know, people of color in the industry. How can we better amplify their voices? How can we bring them together? How can we all find each other? So um, we started with conversations, goals, um, and what we wanted to do um, with this council, trying not to dwell too long on that, because again, we did want to do action. And so the basis is that we know we're not going to solve problems overnight, right? But what can we do in our small little um, group to help create more awareness for diversity in the industry? Um, one of the first things that came up were scholarships and awards. Um, so we launched our first ever scholarship with NAWH, which was given out to a student um, 
in uh, at, during HD Expo. Um, and uh, that was $5,000 scholarship, which was amazing. Um, we also launched our first awards in excellence um, for people in the industry. Um, and that was given to uh, Denizens of Design. Um, Deanna's amazing. Um, and that was awarded at HD Awards. Um, next up that we want to, oh, and the best thing about too at HD Expo, and A, we made sure throughout much of the programming that there was um, diverse voices were included, but we also um, created an HDAC booth at HD Expo. So throughout the two days of, um, of the show in August, we had pop-up conversations about DEI. In a barbershop. Um, in a barbershop. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. So that was Curioso designed it and they, you know, they said, where a black culture do people go to have conversation? And so barbershop was brought up. And so they literally created a barbershop, which was awesome. Um, and we're still raising donations for that. If anyone's listening, there's a GoFundMe page. Um, but what is, what is it? Uh, uh, I'll find uh, GoFundMe you page. Yeah, I'll find it. You, okay. While you're looking. So, Okay action i i'm seeing it like it's all happening and you have an you've assembled an amazing uh group of human beings and the action is happening one of the things that i found in, in people you know talking to so many people oftentimes they're scared to take that first step towards action so if you could share from your experience because you know also we were talking about impact before that all of your um events venues conversations have what advice could you give to others to take that first step towards action and impact? Um, I think, I think it's surrounding yours, like finding others to do it with you. I mean, I think that was part, I knew I couldn't do it alone, nor should I do it alone. Um, because I needed to bring in the voices that were living and breathing this every single day, um, and had experienced it. And so, I wanted them to lead it. I wanted them to be in charge of it. Um, you know, Bashar, Wally, and uh, Damon Lawrence, and Nina Grandin, um, and Aaron Anderson have been, you know, huge motivate, you know, motivation behind it, um, and can't do it without them. But I think it's, I think a, it's finding, you know, someone to do it with you, right? To like brainstorm, to think, you know, because it is a large undertaking. But I think also realizing one small thing can have a ripple effect, right? So what we're talking about right now is how do we get, um, because a lot of this is education, right? And a lot of this is younger people seeing themselves in positions in hospitality because hospitality is a diverse industry, right? If you look at it in terms of, you know, you know, every employees at hotels and restaurants and, but, you know, how do we, let people see people of color in elevated positions, right? That this is not just something they do, but this is a career. This is something that like this can be forever, right? Um, and so, and that's been talked about a lot in the council um, and it's been eye-opening for me to hear too. So how can we go out and educate um, and let people know in grammar school, in high school, in middle school, high school, in college that, you know, hospitality is a career and it's a really lucrative, amazing, um, welcoming industry. Um, and so what we've talked about is there's 14 of us or 15, 16, if you add the HD team too, how can we go back to one school, right? Or connect with, you know, one past professor or, um, 
you know, if we start with 15 schools, right? If all of us go to one, look at that ripple effect already, right? And then, so it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be like, you're not trying to take on mountains, but like just start little and then see where that goes and start. So we started a list of schools that we're going to, you know, reach out to. And then from there, how else can we partner with bigger organizations to get to more schools? But also don't forget that like, you know, raising your hand once. Um, so we're also going to try to start a mentorship program as well. Um, and I think those are our next two initiatives and then doing something bigger and better at HD Expo. But I think Love the it. idea of somebody wanted to do this is start small, start with an idea, see where it goes and see what else that, you know, rolls into or rolls up into. Um, and, uh, and it doesn't have, it doesn't have, you don't have to take on everything. You just have to take on one thing. One of the things that I found uh, through our industry and just, you know, always this idea of defining hospitality, people, it's, there's so much of it is about listening. And what I love about all the people in our industry is they're really good listeners. They've kind of seen it all and they're really fun. And when you're having these sensitive conversations, oftentimes it's okay to have, like, we're forgiving. It's okay to have them. It's okay to make mistakes because, you know, the positive intention is there to create great action and just don't be scared to make mistakes. No, and I think that's it too. And I think, you know, I, I think we have to get uncomfortable to move forward. I think you have to have those conversations. I, being a fly on the wall to listen to some of the conversations that we were able to have um, during the HDAC. I also did a diversity roundtable with Cheryl Durst from IIDA that we published in August of last year, or July or August of last year. And just being able to be a fly on the wall and listen to experiences and challenges and struggles has, you know, has, has been eye-opening. Um, and I think for, you know, to your point, just listening. I think the best piece of advice I got over the past 18 months was that um, from Melba Wilson, um, a restaurateur, uh, she said um, that it was either her mom or her grandmother said to her that, God gave you two ears and one mouth. You should listen more than you speak. And I was like, you know what? That is just so well put. Um, but I think if everyone listened a little bit more before judging, before making opinions, before speaking, like we'd all be in a better place right now. And I think too, that's one of the, hopefully, I hope it's one of the silver linings, even though we still feel so divided um, that understanding that everyone comes from a different point of view and everyone comes from, you know, has a different story, you know, has a knowing that everyone is coming with a different background um, or a different circumstance or, you know, just not knowing that everyone is an individual. And I think I've talked a lot about this too over the last 18 months that I even as a leader went from manage, managing a team to managing individuals because you have to realize that everyone was handling COVID and the situation in a very different way, right? And, and not even just COVID, but everything else that was going on in the world, all the social injustice, you know, everything else that was surrounding them. Um, and it, you know, and some people were in small little apartments, some escaped elsewhere, you know, some had more opportunities than others, you know, some could go outside and some couldn't, you know, depending on the city that they were in or um, the situation they were in. So. I, I think that has been, and I always thought of myself as an empathetic leader, um, but I think it's even led me more to lead with empathy first um, than, and take a step back and realize that like, 
not everyone has the same situation, which seems very obvious, but I think it's become more clear over the past. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And all these conversations is, you know, it's this empathy and listening is, is really what hospitality is all about. Um, if you, how did you know you wanted to be a writer at five years old? What what was in that five year old girl's mind? No, I like I wrote I like I remember my mom has it somewhere. She swears she lost it, but I think she still has it. So mom, if you're listening, find it. Um, but I like there was a project. It must have been maybe I was a little bit older. Maybe I was like six or seven. But it was like who you know what? Imagine yourself in like 2020 or 2021 because it was you know forever ago. Um, and. Uh, I put myself on the cover of people as like a, you know, winner of um, a a writing award, um, like an author award. I just loved stories. I loved telling stories. I loved people's stories. I think I used to make up stories a lot. Um, I just, you know, talked to my dolls about stories. Like we did things together, you know, like I, I, and I think too, I had this note, this like almost romantic notion of being a writer, right? Like, and, you know, um, scooping things and, you know, finding out um, details about, you know, things that have happened that were never exposed. And I mean, my dream job was to be Marie Brenner at the Van- at Vanity Fair. And um, so um, before 9-11 or on 9-11, I was actually on a train to New York City to go interview at time. Um, and so we all know, didn't get to that interview because train stopped at Newark. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think I just loved, loved telling people stories or making up stories. And so at some point I was like, maybe I'll be a fiction writer, but I always wanted to write. And then I was like the annoying person that was like, you know, editor of a yearbook or one of the editors of the yearbook. And I had like a daily column or weekly column in like the local newspaper. And, you know, just, that was me. And then, so knowing everything that you know now and having this whole experience, uh, you know, being the glue that's really helping drive our industry forward and affecting change, if you could go back to that five-year-old girl, and I'm envisioning this five-year-old girl as the girl in front of the uh, stock exchange right now, the (laughs) statue, if that's you right there and you're standing in front of her, what do you tell her now? I think... A good question. I always ask people this question. So I should know and you're gonna ask me this question. Um, I think I would tell her to not be so hard on yourself. Um, that falling down is as great as standing up. Um, that you don't have to be perfect. No one is perfect. Um, and that a lot of times you find you learn more from your mistakes than you do your successes. And I think also I will, what my father told me at a young age too, which, or maybe I wasn't that young, but I was in college, but I think, you know, he said, no one is going to stand up for you, but you, um, so be your best advocate. And so I think knowing that a little bit earlier too, would have been good. Be your best advocate. Thank you. Um, how can people get in touch with you? I'm so easy to get in touch with. <laughs> it's like, I respond to most emails. Um, it's uh, stacy.shoemaker at emeraldx.com um, right. is the best way. Or on Instagram, I'm at Stacy Rowan. 
Awesome. And we'll have all this in the show notes as well. So it's a uh, gofundme.com forward slash HSAC dash booth. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, Stacy, I want to say thank you so much for your time and your leadership and just being you and your amazingness. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. I mean, I'm always on the other side, so hopefully I didn't muck it up too much, but <laughs> it was, it, it was amazing. It was everything I could hope for and more. Um, and also I just want to say thank you to the listeners because people oh, yeah. are listening. Are they? Good. They are. It's awesome. So uh, I hope the talk has evolved on your idea on hospitality, delivering hospitality and creating communities. Um, if you learned something like I did talking to Stacy, please share the podcast with others and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.